You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. It's great to be back. I know I haven't released an episode in about a month or so, but just with the COVID thing slowing everybody down, there's just not been that many releases, and of course, there's been bugger all tours. But I do have this for you. Andy Kite is from a band from Adelaide, Australia. If you're listening overseas, it's the capital of South Australia, in fact. And Andy's in a band called Descend to Acheron. The reason for the chat with him is to promote his rather good new album with the band, The Transience of Flesh is the name of that one. You can check that out now on streaming services. And of course, I always implore anybody listening to support the artist by buying a CD, buying physical copy, whether it be a a T-shirt, vinyl, if they've got that. But, you know, if you're streaming it and you enjoy it, do try to support the band, of course. Andy, it turns out, is probably the preeminent producer of extreme and heavy metal bands in South Australia. So it was wonderful to talk to him about that. So for sure, we do talk about the transience of flesh, but I think a lot of the conversation here is dedicated to our shared love of extreme and heavy metal, and what better subject matter is there to talk about, frankly. The other thing too, this conversation was conducted over Skype, and I was outside around my campfire because we only get about five or six weeks of cold weather here in Queensland where I'm living and I thought why not go outside have some Jack Daniels had my daughter beside me she was on her iPad tapping away she tends to do she's really loving that bloody iPad don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but I had the campfire next to me so you can hear that snap crackle and pop from that bringing you into the campfire dear listener there you go so without any further delay here he is Andy Kite from Descend to Acheron Andy, it's Andrew McKay-Smith calling for a chat. How's things? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, good. Yourself? Mate, plug it away. I'll, uh, I'll paint the scene for you. I'm outside in the uh, backyard. I've got the fire pit going. My daughter's sitting around it eating marshmallows. It's about, uh, it's a balmy uh, 12 degrees or something like that here on the Goldie. So that's that's as cold as about it'll get for us this time of night at the least anyway, mate. So I guess you could say, mate, I'm living the dream to a point. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds great, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. What's the day held for you so far? Uh, so what's that, David? I didn't go to nothing then. So what was that? You're right, what's the day held for you so far? Been working, that sort of thing? Um, no, my band had to postpone today for the studio, so I, um, I ended up just doing a whole bunch of odds and ends around the house, mounting TVs and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah the stuff domestic stuff. a long time ago, just catching up. Yeah, yeah, catching up on my life when you know, when I get a few seconds. <laughs> mm. How, how's yeah. things been going for the band overall? Though, of course, COVID nineteen has meant that extraordinary releases like the one that you guys have put out, the Transience of Flesh, uh, you aren't able to play live, mate. So, um, I mean, I guess I'll kick things off by asking: How on earth do you promote a release like this, which would live and breathe and uh, would mutate beyond, uh, you know, it, it would just, it would just made it just cut right through to the audience in the live arena mate but without doing being able to do that how on earth do you promote an album like this um with great difficulty <laughs> that's that's mm. uh, yeah just digital revenue uh, digi- digital streams that's uh, the only way of doing it you know like just promote the band and and uh, spotify and all that and um yeah it's yeah yeah cd launch and interstate shows and stuff all got canned so yeah, yeah. It definitely, yeah, has, it definitely, you know, we've, the sales have been okay still, like, you know, yeah, sure. surprisingly, um, which is great. The support's still been really positive and 
people are still buying it, which is great. So. <laughs> but um, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, not as much as you know, if we could get out there and you know show people what we're all about. <laughs> I bet. I think. Yeah. Sorry, I made that point fairly clumsily before, but I mean that's the point. What you're playing here is brutal death metal, and the live arena is where this comes across best. Of course, it's a, it's a great album, and we'll talk about that in, in more detail. Of course, but mate, I just feel for you guys at the moment, as I feel for all of the extreme metal bands out there and fans like myself who aren't able to witness what you guys will do on stage. Because mate, it's our outlet. Having a few bevies, going into the valley or wherever you know Brisbane and the Valley here, or. Uh, whatever the equivalent there is in Adelaide and watching a killer band put on a live performance and just feeling good about life. You know, we're denied that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it, it sucks as well because we waited for literally years <clears throat> from recording the EP um, up until we released it because we didn't have a live band. <laughs> and oh. we, we didn't want to just release it. To, for no, you know, to no one and not be able to play. So, you know, we, we spent a long time finding the right members and getting really tight. And then, yeah, right as we, you know, have the launch and everything set and release dates and premieres for the clips and whatever, then, yeah, it all fell apart. <laughs> so it just meant, yeah, you because know, these guys that I'm jamming with now in Descend Akron are, are the tightest musicians that I've ever been in a band with you know mm. um, so our live shows can really bring across what we're trying to do um, yeah so it's a it's a real kick in the guts <laughs> yeah well but, we'll keep the yeah, faith just, because it is look it's a great album and look the, the first when I listen to it the album that is the first band that comes to mind is Cattle yeah. Corp so please take that as a compliment that's not just a baseless generic comparison I mean I've been a lifelong yeah. you know extreme metal fan yeah. but you guys have really got that Eric Rutan guitar sound and that's the key down pat in the production yep. and, and especially that guttural roar that you do at the very beginning reminds me so much in a good yeah. way of Devoured by Vermin you yep. know and, and overall oh, you guys, cool. yeah, yeah you, you, I mean you guys are just a, a cohesive no bullshit death metal outfit no frills offering extreme metal fans exactly what they want which is very well written very well recorded uh, expertly produced death metal yep. Uh, and that's really how I sum up the album. But does that does that meet your summary as well of of how you might describe the album? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We're we're obviously quite heavily influenced because you know we're we're older lads. We're not we're not spring chickens. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we grew up with yeah, Camel Corpse, Deicide, you know, all the suffocation. Now suffocation you're talking. Huge, beautiful monstrosity. You know, bands like that. Monstrosity. So, yeah, we're all heavily. Monstrosity. Yeah, yeah, you know. I've had a chat to Lee Harrison, actually. He's yep. one of my favourite interview subjects ever, I've got to say. Sorry to interrupt, ah, but nice. yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I love Monstrosity. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, you know, they're, they're a riff band, you know, and I fucking love that because, you know, I, I like the riffs and stuff and the memorable aspect of the older school death metal, but um, I love how dynamic and fast the new bands are as well. So it's kind of, they're just trying to sort of take what we like from all the different genres and sort of, you know, bring it all together into, into one package, you know, that we that we dig. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me then that I'm really identifying with your music, given the bands that you're talking about. Because if you're talking, yep. as you've done, about Deicide, Monstrosity, Cannibal Corp, Suffocation, I mean, these are the OGs. These are the guys that yeah, really absolutely. have influenced the current crop. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I mean, I'm so glad that you mentioned, the reason, sorry, I interrupted you before was because I'm just so happy to hear an Australian no, musician talk, talk about monstrosity. 
because bugger all people know about them, even that they're death metal fans. And I'm like, how can you not know the Floridian originals, Monstrosity and Lee Harrison specifically? I mean, the guy is a bona fide yeah. legend, but he just does not get enough love. You know, that guy is so good. He plays drums and writes the music in Monstrosity, and then he goes and writes the songs and yep. plays guitar and terrorizes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah, we just definitely yeah want to. Yeah, have that memorable aspect like those those bands did in those days. You know, there's so many awesome riffs from those early death metal albums, and I, I kind of feel like as as good as modern death metal is, and I love a lot of it. It's not as memorable a lot of the time. And I kind of yeah wanted to try and bridge that gap. You know. Yeah. Well, you you and I so, sound like yeah. you know. As I say, we're from the same school. We're probably of the same vintage. I'm 42. And when we were growing up, yep. a Morbid Angel album or a Cannibal Corpse album or an Obituary album, a Monstrosity album, these yep. were actual events. I can remember whole I... episodes of my life wrapped around these albums coming out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the Deerside's first album was the first death metal album I ever bought. So, yeah, that that changed my life, that album. <laughs> You're talking yeah. about the, the self-titled and, and debut? Colton, yeah, yeah, and I bought uh, Covenant the same day, actually, Morbid Angel Covenant. So, yeah, yeah, I was I was a little bit later coming to it because I was I lived up in the country and no one around me listened to metal. Nirvana was the heaviest thing that people listened to, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I went into the secondhand bookshop in uh, in the Barossa Valley where I was going to school. And uh, yeah, I saw um, yeah the deer side front cover and in this yeah secondhand bookshop, and I was like, oh shit, I'm buying that. <laughs> and yeah, everything changed, man. Absolutely. <laughs> We've got a similar story then, because I'll never forget. I'm just writing a book at the moment, actually, and I'm talking about a lot of this sort of stuff. And and I um I'll never forget when I first saw, not heard, but saw Deerside's Legion, the cover, yeah, CD sitting yep. there, and I'm thinking. This shit looks like it should be banned. Like, you know, in my mind, I was only like 13 or 14 <laughs> at the time, but it looked so impossibly evil. It looked like the CD couldn't actually hold the evil riffs that the Hoffman <laughs> brothers had actually composed and put on it, you know. And, of course, I bought it. And, <laughs> and it was... Yeah, yeah absolutely. It took yeah. me, and I, no shit, yeah. it's t- it took me about 15 years to wrap my head around everything the band were doing on that. It took that long because yeah. it probably took up until... I heard what Ralph Santola did on The Stench of Redemption for me to understand what the Hoffman brothers oh, yeah. were doing yeah. on the earlier stuff. You know, there's the stuff there, the latter stuff there, like, um, oh, what's it? I, I don't mind incinerating. That gets a lot of shit. But the one after that, sorry, I can't. In Torment in Hell, that gets a lot of shit. And same oh, with yeah. Scars of the Crucifix. That does as well. And I, I, I kind of I, I kind of sort of understand why it does. They were a bit pedestrian. But when, mate, when that band got yeah. this side, got Ralph in that band... Oh, holy shit. Didn't they just recast the die? Yeah, yeah. It was a totally different band, much more melodic. And yeah, Ralph Santola's solos were very melodic. <laughs> no, none of that crazy, like, just, you know, insanity of the early solos. It was just, like, just almost noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that yeah. chaotic aspect was definitely missing. Yeah, Ralph Santola was definitely too uh, um, Nice, I don't know. Too trained, I think, maybe. You know, <laughs> well, you, you know how he how yeah. he was, how he was introduced to the band. I'll tell you this: how he was introduced to the band was um, one of whoever was the principal soloist out of the two Hoffman brothers. Sorry, I can't, I can't remember. But one of the two of them yep. actually sought him out to get guitar lessons, and he was that good. He ended up replacing yep. them. I mean, you, I mean, to me, like I, I had a, I've had a couple of chats to Ralph before. He obviously 
goes without saying before he passed away, but it was yeah. so sad when he passed away. Because that, that guy was such a sweetheart of a guy. And I've talked about him a lot on the podcast, yeah. so long-time listeners are going to have to forgive me for going on another Ralph tangent. But, look, he was just a legend, yeah, that yeah. guy. He was a great human being. He was. Well, I was talking to him about bringing him down here for some guitar clinics. He was, you know, he was a rock and heavy metal fan to his core, that guy. And he just, the fact that he was in Deicide was yeah. just one of those things. You know, that was just the band he ended up in. But he did so much killer work. And I think he, he reinvigorated yeah. Deicide. You know, without him, I don't know whether Deicide would even be around now. I think they'd just be a classic death metal oh, band yeah. as opposed to a contemporary death yeah. metal band. I don't even know, I haven't actually even followed the news. So I don't even know who's, who's replaced him. Obviously, he's not around anymore, but yeah, I have no idea who's even India, so anymore. Yeah, I've kind of lost well, track well, of Well, they had John English from Monstrosity for a while, um, and he recorded the last oh, album, the, the name of which is, escapes me now, the one from 2019. And uh, that album had its moments, there's no doubt, um, but it, it's, it, it still lacks quite a bit, to be honest with you. You know, it's not got that killer-crushing yeah. classic deer side that they bought and that, that, they were, that they had originally and that Ralph helped reinvigorate them through by the stench of redemption and in torment in hell and uh you know it, yeah. it's sort of there but and um the uh english's guitar playing is is fantastic his soloing is absolutely epic very similar to ralph's actually um but i remember oh, having, yeah, yeah. Ha- having a chat to lee not long after that lee harrison and asking him if uh he was going to stick around a monstrosity or whether or not dsi was his primary primary gig and i don't think either of us knew at the time that he'd stepped out of dsi so to your exact point, okay. so yep. you're still in monstrosity. I have no idea, and I could not tell you who the guitarists are in Deer Side. But look, you know, you hear things through the grapevine, and that is that Glenn is an extraordinarily difficult person to work with. Who knows? I don't know because I've never spoken to the guy or interviewed him. Um, but um, look, I've heard things through the grapevine, and uh, look, with the amount of uh, membership changeover that they've had, there's got to be some, you know, truth to that. It was around about here. Actually, it was exactly here that him? the phone call cut out. So I called him back, and we continued the conversation. Let's get back into it. Here he is, Andy from Descend to Acheron. Yeah. We, we, we've talked a lot about the background there. Uh, you know, that it's clear that you know you're you're, you're a died in the wall death metal fan, which is so great. I love talking to people like yourself. So, for you guys, when you decided to become a collective, and you mentioned there early on that uh, you know playing live wasn't I don't, or paraphrasing here of course but you didn't do a lot of it because the band wasn't quite a collective yet but how did you guys uh, you know meet and greet and get together and decide that you wanted to do this album yeah basically um, Pete and I uh, Pete is the lead guitarist in the band and, and principal songwriter uh, we were both in a local band called In The Burial together um, and in 2013 Ish, I think we both decided to leave, and because uh, we we'd been working on a bit of other stuff already, or we were getting ideas together for a new thing already. Uh, so yeah, we made the decision to leave. Um, and yeah, and we basically we we wrote the EP within a couple of months, and um, just decided that we'd try and record, like get the recording started, because you know I, I run a recording studio, so made it a little bit easier. Um, and we were just like, you know. Who do we want to get to play on this? You know, we mm-hmm. just want to play with people that we that we really respect and we love their playing. So, um, you know, uh, that's why we we decided that you know, why not get Dave Haley to to do the drums? Um, oh shit, he's the man. Yeah, so yeah. he 
yeah, yeah, he's the man. Like, you know, I've been watching him since I was a teenager and just tearing it up. So I was like, you know, I'd fucking love to work with Dave Haley. So we just got Dave in. And then when it came to bass player, you know, a guy that I'd worked with a bunch of times in the studio, a guy called um, Matty P, or Matthew Phillips, um, we, um, I just love his playing, love his personality on stage. It's a lot of fun, just heaps of charisma just, and just nails the bass, man, just plays it so accurate, so hard, it's, it's awesome. And I was like, man, I, and both and Pete knew him as well, and we're like, we've got to get this guy to, to play on the EP. And at that point, we were just like, we just wanted to get people to play on the EP. And then he was he ended up joining, uh, so that was great. And then, yeah, finding the extra guitarist and drummer were the tricky things. <laughs> That's why. So we, we had us three pretty early on, and then, yeah, it took a while to lock in Kieran, uh, who's also in Meth Leopard and, and Power Chuck, and he was in Truth for a long time. <laughs> um, Hilarious. Yeah, every single... Yeah, every single drummer in Adelaide has been in fucking in Tooth Corridor at some point, I think. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, luckily we snagged him. And then, yeah, Dave, uh, who plays guitar in my other band, uh, Dave Hawkins, he plays guitar in another band that I'm in called Maniacal, which is kind of more thrashy, groovy, deathy kind of thing from Port Perry. Uh, he came on board last year and sort of completed the lineup. So, yeah. And I, and I, I yeah, I'd, I'd worked, I'd recorded the Maniacal albums, and then when their singer left, I ended up just joining. I, I just, I was doing some live shows, fun with them, and and I just really dug what they were doing, and they were cool guys, and they were super tight live, and I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing this, you know, full time. So, yeah, that's that's basically the yeah the story of it all. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you're you're the driving influence and the driving force behind it, and you mentioned there also too that you've got a studio. Okay, and I think I saw that in the email. Um, yeah. The name of the email, or you know, your email uh, handle, if you like, when you sent that through. So, you, I mean, you must yeah. be the epicenter of death metal in Adelaide, I take it. Yeah, I do record a lot of bands in Adelaide. Yeah, I've been sort of the studio's been running for about fifteen years now. And yeah, there's not heaps of people in Adelaide that I haven't worked with, like in the metal community now, which is awesome. I, I love my job. Um, yeah, and I get to see these great musicians uh, firsthand. And you know, obviously, not everyone, you know, is a great musician, and that's cool. You know, people have <laughs> other things to do with their lives as well. I understand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I get to see the best of the best as well, and I'm like, dude, I've got to be in a band with that guy someday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Good and so you. when it comes yeah. to you know getting a band together, you know, I, I know the ins and outs of all the musos, which is a, a huge uh, heads up. Like, yeah, I don't have to sort of go through that whole feeling out process of months of jamming, you know, to see if it's going to work or whatever, because, you know, we already have a working relationship beforehand, so, yeah, it's mm. great. Is yeah. it? Is it a... It might be hard for you to answer this question, but, of course, you know, I, look, I'm a relative normie, to be honest with you, and that I do my podcasting, but I tend to play in... Uh, well, I only play in covers bands, which usually means that I'm playing Kylie Minogue yep. songs, Olivia Newton-John, this sort of thing, so I'm not really that connected to a metal scene, yep. per se, as a musician, but from, from your musician's perspective, would you rate the Adelaide metal scene? Would you say it's a, a healthy scene and, and really contributing to the Australian scene overall? Yeah, absolutely. Not a, not a, not a, no doubt with that. Um, yeah, we have some amazing talent in, in Adelaide. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of it gets out of Adelaide. Um, it, <laughs> keeping members is super yeah. hard because sh shows are always hopelessly small here. 
you know, um, there's more bands than fans by a long shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unless Slipknot come to town, then there's 10,000 people in bloody metal shapes all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the local scene, it's it's really small, and, you know, every drummer that's worked their soul is in at least three bands or four bands, you know, like, I think Kieran's in four bands. Uh, um, you know, and he keeps getting asked all the time to join more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's really hard, but... Um, some crazy talented like Freedom of Fear, um, Decidia, um, yes. Dargazer, Mournful Congregation, and like the list is huge. And these are, you know, yeah, Meth Leopard themselves, they play overseas, you know, fucking more than they play Adelaide, you know. <laughs> it's it's mm. crazy. Like, you know, we have a huge talent pool here. It's just, yeah, not a lot of them get out. And if they do get out of Adelaide, they usually go straight overseas and don't worry about Australia because it's, you know, it's just so hard to tour Australia. <laughs> yeah. I know for, for my listeners overseas, people. I mean, people can see Australia on a map, but how many capital cities are there here? Like legitimate cap, capital cities. I'm talking about. Let's go through the list: Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, yeah. Brisbane, and maybe Hobart. Because Darwin is smaller than Cairns. So, with all due yeah. respect to any listeners from Darwin, it's not really a capital city that can support <laughs> the scene. Well, Alice so, Springs. Alice Springs. As a metal band, Alice Springs is a place to play uh, in Northern well, Territory. there's a few from there. Uh, yeah, I've never been to else. Darwin myself. Yeah, there's South oh, yeah, I, I, um, um, yeah, 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 I've yeah. recorded those guys. Yeah, I, I um, do a lot of work with Pirate, the guy that runs the Black Reef up there. He also runs Black and Open Air, uh, with the help of a lot of people. Oh, <laughs> Obviously, uh, Black and Open Air is a massive part. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go up there and I do a lot of work for him up there. I've recorded heaps of albums up there. Uh, yeah, I was actually on the phone to him a couple of days ago about the possibility of getting back up there pretty soon to do some more work. So, yeah, Alice Springs is huge for uh, for metal bands. Like, yeah, they have some awesome stuff going on up there. Not uh, Same same problem as Adelaide, mate. Uh, not enough fans, more, more bands than the fans, unfortunately. And Isn't not enough good though? drummers. Um, but, uh, actually, one of... The- you're right, yeah, sorry, it's you're yeah, but it's it's just killer. Yeah, that, like, yeah. it's just killer that such a small town, which is really what it is in a global sense. You know, I get us connected to technology. You know, yeah. it's an Australian city or Australian town after all. So you got all the mod cons there, but you know, there's there's an indigenous metal band there, Southwest Desert Metal, I think is the name of the band, and 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 like yeah, from the sound of things, yeah, yeah. Southeast, sorry, Southeast. My apologies, but you've recorded them, and and isn't that yeah, killer totally. that? That, it, that yep. it, I've always said that you know metal is a universal language. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and they're really talented too. Those guys, like, they they shred like some absolutely crazy solos and stuff. Like, just so talented. Always really, really easy working with them because they just know, you know, they just can play, you know. And uh, yeah. And they, they, I think they did like a big tour last year supporting Carnival all down the eastern states playing to like huge places um, yeah and they've like you know I, I was just watching a TV show um, and I was like I know that riff what the hell is this riff and it was actually one of their songs on this show that I was watching and I was like holy shit <laughs> yeah it was just like where the hell did that come from it was pretty cool <laughs> Yeah, they're they're a great band actually. If you do talk to them, tell them to check their messages because I messaged them about eight months ago because I wanted to have a chat for the podcast because it fascinates me how because <laughs> heavy metal. This is a thing everybody bangs on about bloody urban music and hip hop and rap and they say that's the only universal language. Bullshit. You know, I I've spoken to people yeah. in bands in every continent on the planet. 
um, I've spoken to people yep. from all backgrounds, you know, all religious persuasions, social backgrounds as well, and it's all under the broader banner of it's, it's yep. all because of the broader banner of heavy metal. To me, Angelo Biafra from Dead yep. Kennedys, he's the one who actually said this about thirty years ago. He's the one who said the only. Oh, I'm paraphrasing here. I won't quote him directly, but he said something around the lines of yeah, yeah. the yeah. only form of music that crosses all cultural, social. All of these boundaries that we have up around us at the moment, especially in this day and age, and this is a really important point, the only music that does it, death metal. Yeah. He was very specific. He didn't say heavy metal. He said death metal. And, I mean, he'd know. He's travelled. And, I mean, he's a yeah. punk guy, right? So, I mean, surely to goodness he'd be flying punk's flag as opposed to death metal's flag, which his band has inspired countless death metal bands, yeah. of course, because they're, they're a fantastic band. Dead Kennedys, they're one of the first bands that I personally yeah. learned how to play the, play the guitar lines for. Um, a because yeah you could you could learn them they were fairly straightforward but mate that's a hell of a band to learn yeah, this stuff off yeah. you feel great learning chicken shit conformist you know the opening you know the the opening guitar strands to that but I, I've I, I I so love Jello for saying that and for someone like yourself who's had that experience and you're helping the bands now yeah yeah it, it's yeah it's a, a very rewarding job you know that's uh, why I love it so much like I never I never dread going to work like a, a you know a lot of people do and it's like there's always something cool to work on and cool people to hang out with and you know laugh a hell of a lot and you know just record some killer tunes you know <laughs> yeah it's pretty awesome hey just talking about recording again so with the album the transients of flesh i mean your vocal is just vicious on there congratulations on capturing that so can you tell me how you captured your vocal that way recorded it through a microphone yeah <laughs> uh yeah oh i, I generally yeah, generally sing about yeah yeah pretty much yeah uh well yeah because i'm not in a lot of bands that play and rehearse a lot because you know the maniacal guys are all from Piri, which is like a two and a half hour drive away you know uh the guys in descent akron are all over the shop around adelaide nowhere near each other so you know we're not jamming and and playing heaps so for me it's actually a bit of a struggle to get my voice up to that level where it's recordable again because <laughs> I just don't use it very often. So, you know, it might be years in between me actually ever making a death metal sound. Um, Is that so, right? Yeah. It's okay. just, Jesus. You know, once I... You yeah, 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 yeah. So there's definitely some amazing vocalists that I admire their technique and stuff and I just don't have any of that. I just... Um, I don't hurt myself when I do it, but... Uh, I, I don't have, like, you know, people like, oh, do you do this technique or that technique? It's like, I don't know, man. I just go, roll, and then that's what comes out. <laughs> and mm. so I don't try to analyze it, and I don't... Uh, I've kind of learned not to push my voice where it doesn't want to go. Like, you know, when I was in In The Barrel, I was always trying to push my voice to be something that it couldn't do. So I've just, yeah, basically just get comfortable with, with where my voice is and just, just go hard <laughs> yeah and I, I do layer it a bit you know like there's always at least two layers going on at all times because like I said I don't practice um, I don't play <laughs> very much unfortunately which is something that I'm hoping will change now that the band's getting so much attention hmm. uh, and that we can hopefully start playing shows at some point so yeah that's that's basically it man just yeah <laughs> just but it's definitely and I, only, I only do vocal so, yeah, sorry yeah. I was going to say you, you're definitely singing from your diaphragm though not from your throat I can hear that. Being, being, I'd, I'd oh, yeah, no, I'd, to hear that. Yeah, I don't... 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all it's all from that down deep. It's not uh, it's not a voice I'm putting on. I think, you know, that's that's why other people are saying, "Oh, do you do this?" You know, like when people talk about vocal fry and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just I I, I push, and that's the sound that comes out. You know, because that's what comes out from me. That isn't what I sound like. You know, I'm not trying to put on a funny voice or a Cookie Monster voice or any shit. It's just I've made. Yeah, I, I go to yell, and that's what comes out. You know, so. Um, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's kind of very confronting because I can still hear bits of my my talking voice. You know how like singers are always weird about hearing their voices yeah. back, and yeah. I can still hear that. So yeah, when it comes time to mix our stuff or anything that I've done vocals on, I mixing all the music, no worries, fine. Get to the vocals, and I'm just like, man, I can hear me, and it's just just mute the whole bloody thing, like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it takes me a while to get my head around that and sort of get over that that weird thing. I just I, I don't know if I'll ever get over it, but yeah, I know a lot of singers are like that about hearing their voices back, especially when you can hear your like talking voice in it a little bit. It's kind of yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it's interesting you say that though because you've got one of the premier death metal vocals in the country, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 well. When the thing about that is, that, you know, you could, you could. I mean, you've. I think the key there is that you're versatile, and and I know a little bit about that because I've played yeah. in many bands myself at the same time. And the thing about versatility is it means that without realising, you meet you you you're rising to match the performance of the band you're in at the time, and through that and in that yeah. way, you're able to find your own voice if that makes sense. And I think that sounds like what you've been able yeah. to do because you've definitely got. I mean, the thing about your vocal too is here's another compliment. It's not that easy to compare it to anybody else in market at the moment. Yes, I can hear George Corpse Grinder. Yes, uh, I can hear a bit of Santa yeah. Lena from uh, Terrorizer. Yeah, I can hear them, but it's not the whole. It's not right. you're not the sum of those guys, if that makes sense. There's still a lot of uniqueness to your voice. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's like I said. Like I, I, um, I don't have a technique, like a special voice that I put on or something. You know, because I know. You know, a lot of the guys that do the pig squeals and all the rest of that, they have a special thing oh, that God. they do to their That's voice to make it do that. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm not like that. I, I don't think about it. I have no preconceived notion of how it's going to come out. <laughs> I just sing from where it feels comfortable and it feels right, and then and just, yeah, let the, let the music sort of uh, do it. And plus, I'm also, I don't know if I'm ADHD, but I get bored pretty quick. So just out of sheer boredom, I started doing different, you know, like sometimes I'll do a high part where I usually do a low part and vice versa. I know that's pissed off band members of past bands because I don't do it exactly the same every way. And I'll mess with the timing of things. It won't always be the exact same timing. And um, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's not like a structured thing necessarily. Just kind of what it feels right at that specific moment in time. <laughs> hey, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't do any vocals yeah, for the last. You didn't do any vocals for the last, uh, the most recent Abremelin album, did you? No, fuck no. I wish that dude's a bloubly monster. That guy because he's Holy he's shit. doubling his. I can't, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the gent's name either. Um, but he's doubling his vocal uh, parts, like the deer yeah. side thing. You know, the, the Glenn Benton thing. You know, with oh, the higher yeah. vocal with the screech, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Filth style vocal. Yeah, yeah. and I, th I thought that might have been yeah, him yeah, taking yeah. the higher. Yeah, and you taking I definitely feel a bit of that as well. Yeah, 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 not as much. Yeah, I, I do, I do a bit of like, Yeah, sorry, yeah. there's a delay. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm the, yeah, that's okay. 
I'm a big fan of actually putting like a low with a mid and stuff like that. Like, a, yeah. I think it sounds kind of a bit more unnerving and stuff like that. So, yeah, sometimes for, the, for that real contrast to do a high and a low together, but a lot of the time I'll keep them a little bit closer together. Kind of like, you know, like on a guitar, if you're playing a semitone, it kind of just sounds wrong. You're two semitones together, it just sounds wrong, you know? And I kind of want to bring yeah. a little bit of that into it as well. Like, it just sounds a little bit more gross <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they're dissonance. a little bit closer yeah, together it's, and it's pitch. musical dissonance. Yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. it, it technically yeah. fits, but it just sounds... It's, it sounds like as though it's about to rip apart at any moment. I get what you're doing, yeah. I mean, as a, I'm a bassist, you see, as well yeah. as a guitarist, but as a bassist, I've always used fifths to try to bring out the colour in music, and I can tell you, in some of the heavier songs, it just sounds nasty. It doesn't sound like it fits, but musically, it technically does. Um, so, yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, it, look, it's, I think a lot of the time... Would you say a lot of, a lot of your um, outcomes musically come via experimentation, or is it more that you have a very specific vision in mind and you go and achieve that? Uh, when when we're writing songs, uh, we usually have a... We start off with one core idea. We're like, this is the riff, that, this is what's going to... This is going to be the core of it or, you know, the starting point for it. And then we'll just kind of see what just naturally flows, play that riff and see what flows into the next thing just naturally and, and then kind of craft it that way. So the songs come together kind of in a very flowing kind of way like that. Uh, vocally, I'll have an idea for the song um, and then I'll actually just sit down with it and I'll actually write the lyrics as I record the song. Um, I'll just have a good idea of what I want to say, but I won't have any phrasing, I won't have... Yeah. You know, any lyrics at all, generally. And I just write that right then and there on the spot, <laughs> which is, but you're not, is you're okay not one if of those... you take proper notes and if you don't. <laughs> yeah, but you're not one yeah, of those vocalists, you know, those death metal vocalists where it's like, da, 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 you know, that boring shit. You've actually got a yeah. very variation in your vocal, too. So is that, is that, that's, there's something yeah, I, that I, sort of happens organically, does it? I, I'm, I'm, I don't like doing things in a linear fashion generally with vocals. Like I, I like to play around with the beat and I'll, you know, do triplet timing over stuff a lot of the time and, and whatever. Um, and I never, I very rarely ever come in on the one with a vocal ever, like, you know, on the start of a bar. And that's definitely pissed off about uh, past band members, <laughs> past bands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll usually try because the music's already really intense. You know, it's already pummeling your face. My, my sort of idea is to try and bring some hook to it, put some groove back into it, bring some hook to it, so nice. you kind of remember it a little bit. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. So, yeah, that, that's basically my approach with it. Um, the only song where that ha isn't so much of a thing is Your Suffering is a Gift. Um, that's the first time that I've really written lyrics that follow a riff like that, uh, I think, ever. Like, I just never do that. <laughs> but that riff just needed that. And, you know, it was like, well, this is something, this is really new territory for me. And so even now when I sing that song, it's like, well, I'm not used to singing and following a riff like that. But in that specific case, it actually works really well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I like listening to what you're talking about because um, and my philosophy ultimately is it doesn't matter whether you're a black metal band or a death metal band. You must have an element of swing, like what May, or like what um, Hellhammer does for Mayhem, and you must have an element of groove, yep. like what Pat O'Brien brought to Cannibal Corpse. 
you know that 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 ebb and that yeah. flow that it brings to the music within the middle yeah, yeah. of the beat you know what i'm yeah. saying like a lot of people who aren't musicians might not understand what we're yeah. talking about now but if you don't bring that in you will you, the listener will lose attention like their their attention will wane over the period of the song or the album or the yeah. EP or whatever it is you're trying to do but you guys have got that because you i mean what yeah. you are crafting is extremely brutal and it's ex, it's 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 extreme metal in its it's the essence of it but it's listenable yeah. But it's listenable, and for anybody out there listening yeah. that's wanting to start a band, an extreme metal band, I mean, you guys are, you guys have got it down pat, you know. So congratulations again on that front, because it's far too many. I get sent so much shit, man. You wouldn't believe, and a lot of it I listen to, and believe me, I give yeah. it all a chance. I, I make sure that I do because I really respect what underground and unsigned metal artists, and indie metal artists, are doing. But they just they're either working yeah. by themselves or in their room in Oslo or God knows where they're from or somewhere in Florida or whatever or Ohio and they're just not putting enough emphasis on the swing and on the on the measure of the beat they're not understanding that you've got to get people yep. interested by making it a little bit catchy that's it. and I think that's what you were saying yeah 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 I think you can you can have hooks and make things catchy without making them sound lame you know that because <laughs> yeah obviously you don't want to sound like don't want it to sound like a pop song, but um, then you know you remember pop songs. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah finding I mean, that it's... balance, and I, I just get bored too easily. <laughs> you know, yeah. doing everything the same all the time would just be super boring. Like, there's just no way that I'd be into that at all. <laughs> I've done some 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 rigorous assessment and deep diving in a tray from Morbid Angels guitar playing to the point where I've interviewed his mother and spoken to her about his playing. Yeah. Because the very interesting thing about his riffs is that they can be neatly transposed to an acoustic guitar, and yeah. that's I, that I think is if I could summarise the essence of why Morbid Angel have been a success. Well, Morbid Angel is Trey, so let's just say Trey. Uh, why Trey's been as successful yeah. as what he yeah. is because he gets that. He understands that we're all about the campfire. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all want to listen to music yeah. that makes us feel like as though we're part of a community, and if you can't transpose yeah. the riffs neatly to a guitar, I'm not saying you're doing the wrong thing, but that's really what you're aiming for a lot of the time, even if that's not the goal. I, I hope that makes sense. I probably shouldn't say aiming yeah. for it, but I think if you can do that, even if that's not the goal, I think you've accomplished something significant. And I think you guys have done that on this EP here as well. Yeah, I, I think even though it's extreme metal, there should still be, there's still uh, an art to songwriting, regardless of genre. You know, uh, there's still things that make sense. You know, we mess with stuff a lot, like Plague of Superstition and Goggles Part One. We'd like chop beats out here and there, and like just add little things like that make no sense. You know, we we but you know, so we, we've got we've got the foundations of what would be a pretty normal song, and then we mess with it. So you still yes. got that foundation there, but then you just kind of make it a bit, you know, a bit spicy, a bit interesting. You know, so it's not just like every other song four bars of this four bars of that next thing you know so yeah try to you know have that classic songwriting but then still mess with it to make it a bit bit interesting as well yeah when, when i had a chat to des from oh, um, devil driver and cold chamber i know he's not an extreme metal artist but look he's someone who deserves i think a lot of respect for what he's yep. been able to accomplish playing especially with devil driver playing fairly yep. uncompromising music he was talking about the fact that a lot of the extreme or, or his cohort so Static X, these sort of yep. people. They sit around a lot of the time having barbecues, yep. listening to country music. 
to give you an idea what they're inspired by these yep. days. And that just didn't start these days. Yeah, That's yeah. something that obviously was Leonard, Leonard Skinner, um, uh, uh, Bob Dylan. This is all of the shit that we listened to as kids, whether we liked it or not. You had to. It was in supermarkets. It was yep. everywhere. But it's about how you apply your learning yep. from that into extreme metal and therefore yeah. make extreme metal more listenable because I, as you can tell I'm an extreme metal evangelist I believe there's an extreme metal band out there for yeah. everybody regardless if you like the genre or not it's just yeah, it's just how I feel about things yeah. people just haven't discovered their extreme metal band yet if you if you know what I'm saying but it's it's through that comparison yeah, yeah, that yeah. I think it can happen yeah well you know all the, the reason all those classic bands you mentioned they're classic bands because they 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 could write songs <laughs> you know and yeah I think I think a, a lot of metal bands don't write songs they just chuck a whole bunch of things together and then when right. it gets to three or four minutes they stop and then do it again and you know or they, they'll write an album with ten songs that are all trying to do exactly the same thing you know like you know I I I, I want every song on the on our releases to have its own identity to be completely different to the one that comes before it and after it like mm. there's no point in writing 10 of the same song how, how boring is that like you know and I've heard countless death metal albums where that is the case they're like this is our formula and this is what we're doing for the entire album except they might have one photo song or something maybe or an acoustic interlude or something but you know there's, yeah, there's so many things out there to explore yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah why limit yourself to one form or one kind of riffing or one kind of anything you know you could take inspiration from so many places and, and apply it to to extreme metal, like you know, don't be lazy. <laughs> yeah, I look. I, <laughs> I, I, hear, not, I, you know, I hear people get a prick at the moment, but yeah, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. I under, look, I understand what you're saying, and I'm sure yeah. people, anybody with a brain, understands what you're saying. To be honest with you, you know, because you're making a good point, and you're talking about that you need to relate to people yeah. through extreme metal, and that's a really good point. That's such a valuable point right there, and and the yeah. other thing too, I think, is that look. You and I, uh, from the same vintage, as I say, uh, I grew up in the 90s, man, and a lot of those bands in the 90s were shit. I'm not talking about the leading lights that we've just spoken yeah. about at the beginning of the conversation. I'm talking about the underground shit that I ended up buying yeah. on mail order and stuff and taking a punt on because they had a vulgar album cover. You know, and it was exactly what you say. Yeah. It was just like there was no cohesion between the songs there was no cohesion inside of the songs and and to hear bands these days mimic what some of those shit bands from back in the day which I'm not going to mention did it's crazy to me it's like yeah. god almighty I mean there's Deicide Cannibal Corpse Obituary Morbid Angel Suffocation Emoliation all the greats that you can lean into and listen to what yeah i'm not saying copy them but be inspired by them you don't have to go too underground and get into some band that five people only ever heard of back in the day therefore nobody's heard of these days and copy what they're doing you know like let's yeah. like that whole yeah un underground to out undergrounding each other sort of thing that occasionally happens and it does as yeah. I say, it doesn't it doesn't happen often, but sometimes stuff does come into my inbox, and it sounds like that. And I'm like, dude, I know you're trying... Okay, I'll mention one band. I know you're trying to sound like Bethlehem. Remember that German band, that Doom yeah. blackened band from... Uh, I do. They, they were fucking out there, those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they were yeah. fucking out there, all right. And I've got to be honest with you, I took a punt on some of their stuff <laughs> and thought, what the hell is this shit? You know, like... And I'm, I'm sure they're decent. <laughs> I mean, they could be decent cool guys. I don't... But, but the point is they weren't one of the leading lights you know what I'm saying like and I'm not heaping shit on them specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying using them as an example of a band that I bought back in the day went this doesn't sound like these guys have got it all together I know they're into the occult and all the weird shit but like 
like musically yeah. I'm talking about. I'm just talking strictly about the music here. Um, you know, there yeah, was also yeah, yeah. Um, Punch and Stench had their moments too, I think, back in the day. Like, they couldn't make up their mind whether they wanted to be a rock and roll band or a black metal band or a death metal band, you know, and uh, some of those bands like that. That's, yeah. To be honest, that's why they're not influential today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I haven't listened to a, a hell of a lot of uh, either of those guys. But yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I, I think it's okay to be influenced by all those different things. But yeah, try to make it into a sound that works instead of having a rock song, a black metal song, a death metal song. You know, trying to make those influences sound cohesive as one band. You know, and some bands have definitely nailed that. You know, like I suppose like the Entombed, earlier Entombed stuff kind of. Yeah, brilliant. You know, yeah. And some of the sweet stuff, definitely, yeah, definitely blazed the trail there, you know, sort of, yeah, blending those other other elements in, but kind of doing it in a way that just worked with, you know, their core values. It wasn't just like, oh, what the hell was that? It just kind of made sense. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah you, can, you can definitely take influences in, in a way that's not cohesive, for sure, but yeah, then, yeah, obviously there's bands that do it really, really well as well. Yeah. I think I think the other thing too, maybe, is because music has a very low barrier to entry, meaning anybody can buy a guitar and buy a recording interface and then download Pro Tools or Audacity or whatever it is that they choose yeah. to record to. Um, it means that not everybody with talent is playing guitar and putting music together, to be honest with you. And I think you've got to be very mindful of that because some of these guys that are geniuses at social media marketing and internet marketing and getting the word out there, they're not great songwriters. Yeah. So... There's like, yeah. there's, especially when you're a young Phil, like it was, I mean, I'm, I'm almost really grateful for when we grew up in the 90s because the cream, ro- the, the cream of the crop rose to the top. You know, we, we got, Deicide yeah. weren't buried at the bottom underneath all these shitty bands. They were, they were, you know, they were on Roadrunner and then Earache. They were there. You could find them. You could basically go into HMV yeah. and Sanity and all those record stores, all those CD stores in the, back in the day and buy their shit. Like, it wasn't hard to find their stuff. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. grateful for that, I've got to tell you. But, you know, like, you could go in there and you knew that if the, there was a death metal band in there, it was a good one. It had passed the shit test. You know what I mean? Like, you could yeah, buy... Yeah, yeah. You could buy slowly... a lot harder stuff out there. Yeah, these days, though, the, yeah. there's, like, if, yeah. as long as you've got, a, like, a, an IP address, you're good to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can make music, you can yeah. send it out there and... Uh, there was a prom- promo uh, agency yeah. that I got some stuff from recently, and I had I came through a third party. Again, I won't say who it is because I don't want to incriminate anybody, but it came through to me. And yeah. I-, I listened to a lot of the shit, and I actually sent a message back to the guy who sent it through to me. And I said, mate, what's this, what's this other guy doing? Because, like, the bands that he's doing PR for, this shit sounds like demos. It's like... This is the sort of yeah. stuff that you show to your girlfriend when you when you when you want to like recruit band members, not what you want to put out there with artwork and do a whole integrated marketing communications campaign, like which is what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I know it sounds like yeah. I'm being critical, but I'm just sort of imploring people to sort of put some quality into what they're doing because it is meaningful when they do that. Like, there's no point just spamming the heavy metal community with whatever you can fucking come up with. Like, actually do what you've done and yeah. actually, you know, like, just take your time if you need to. You know, like, death metal and heavy metal has proven it's worth. It's not going anywhere. You know, like, the whole idea yeah. that this is music we were going to stop listening to when we were 25, for me, has gone about 18 years ago. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's 18 yeah. years, 17, yeah. 18 years ago for me. Like I'm still listening and I'm still listening to the majority yeah. of the same shit and very similar stuff. I'm probably, yeah. if anything, I love it more now than I did back then. So it's not going yeah. anywhere. So, so do what you've done, lean into, you know, creating catchy music within the, the confines of extreme metal, get it recorded appropriately, put some decent production techniques into it, recruit well. If you're going to play live, get Dave Haley in. These people are out there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're not not as common as, as everyone would love, but yeah, yeah, they're definitely talented people all over the place. And, you know, you just got to be patient. Like, we could have rushed it and got it out ages ago with a, with a lineup that we weren't happy with or, you know, a lineup that probably wouldn't have presented as well. Um, but, you know, we're not at the age now where, you know, we, we're not, we're not going to be famous. We're not going to make millions of dollars. You know, we might as well just put out quality stuff and, and enjoy the process. You know, that's, and that's kind of where we are now. And so, you know, everyone that's in the band now, it's just like, you know, we're just just chill people, just, you know, having a laugh. And, and you know, there's no there's no politics. There's no rubbish. You know, there's no infighting. There's none of that rubbish. You know, it's just, yeah, and that's, you know, we've, been, we've all been in bands like that before and it's horrible you know and if you're not making money why are you doing it like if you and if you're not making money you're not having fun you know you're not you're not getting anything out of it you know if we're not going to make money we might as well have fun <laughs> so yeah well it's a i mean for you it's a bit where we're at the for you it's it's more a career i think too because you yeah. have the recording studio but for most of us it is a hobby and i mean that's being realistic i mean most of us yeah, do have yeah. to have jobs or go to uni well, and you know, you go yeah that's that's the reason why I do the studio because I I learned, I, I realised pretty early on that being a death metal band and from Adelaide <laughs> and and uh, it being able to pay a mortgage mm-hmm. was probably not going to happen and you know uh, me and my missus yes. had had our first son quite young and okay. so it was like well I should probably find a way to pay the bills <laughs> and and but I still really wanted to be involved with music and that's how come the studio happens as well. Yeah, and I, you know, I've been recording in a few studios down here with my bands, um, and paid way too much and got, you know, horrible Shitty sound results. and yep. horrible service. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, everyone, we're all on learning curves. Like I, I, I know the holes in my game, and I'm, I'm always endeavouring to step them up. But um, yeah, it's just like, you know, at least it, it makes the recording process you know, fun and, and engaging and, and, you know, some of the guys that we went through earlier on in my earlier bands were, you know, the, the sound guys were just complete pricks. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, like, no, that's not how it needs to be. This is how it needs to be. It's like, no, have you ever recorded death metal before? <laughs> like, you know, this guy records bloody pop stuff and he's telling me how to EQ a kick drum. I'm like, oh, listen to this CD, <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, nah, you're an idiot, you know, basically. And he's like, ah, you know, yeah. there's, got, there's got to be a better way than this, so yeah. <laughs> Many years yeah. ago, about 10 years ago, I worked with Ian Redmond. You probably know him, you know, he does some work with Dicey. Um, pretty much the go-to guy here in Brisbane and yeah. in Queensland, really, you know, and uh, just by okay. looking at the way he does things, you can learn a lot. You know, you don't even need to ask questions, just look at it, at the way he's EQing things on his monitor and the way that he's listening and yep. the intervals that in like the way he'll make a decision to make a change and then he'll listen to it and then he'll make another change so it's not just change it's not just random changes does that make sense it's not just shooting yeah. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know he, he's a, and he's the sort of guy that can actually record almost any band because of that 
you know, I think because I think extreme metal. Yeah. If you can get extreme metal right, I mean, I'm not a sound engineer, okay, so I'll be clear about this. But from my limited yeah. understanding and perspective, yeah, yeah. I can sort of my, my view is is that yeah. if you can do extreme metal, you can do almost anything. Do you, do you share that view? Yep. Uh, yeah, because I, I, living in Adelaide, there's maybe four, five or six bands that I'd call extreme, uh, and the rest of them are kind of more uh, melodic styles of, of metal and stuff. But also, I, I so I don't ex- I don't necessarily specialize in extreme music as such. I do a lot of acoustic stuff. I record poetry, uh, hip hop you know, whatever. But, you know, when I get a rock band come in and they've just got, like, a nice, simple drum kit and it's tuned well and they're in, like, a normal guitar tuning instead of way, way, way down tuned, man, my job is so much easier. <laughs> this is like, this is how instruments are supposed to sound, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the drummer can actually hit the drums at the proper velocity every time because they're not trying to play 250 beats a minute, you know? Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they can hit the drum solo. The bass can the you know, notes can ring out properly, and they're separated from the guitar because it's in you know standard tuning as opposed to we're in G, which is or drop G, which is you know considering we're not a gent band, we don't you know do lots of genty kind of sounds. It's a pretty low tuning for for Gee, most. That's about metal. as low as that's uh, about so as low as I've ever heard, dude. That's like yeah. There are people down. I've recorded bands in X and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've recorded shit. bands in F before, which is you know, lower again, but they're usually more gent kind of bands, and, and their riffing is designed for that tuning. Uh, the way that we play isn't really designed for that kind of tuning. So getting the bass just to cut through with any kind of notes was, was a pain in the ass. <laughs> to, yeah, because we're not just riding on that low string, you're just, you know, doing those big gent kind of sounds. So, yeah, and then you yeah, add the you know the drums and all the rest of the crap on it. But yeah, it's like I was saying though, yeah, get a proper get a rock band with normal tuning and stuff, and man, what a what a cruisy day that is! Like it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's definitely not as stressful as recording death metal for sure. <laughs> yeah, de- death metal with all of the low tunings is a nightmare, especially because you've got musicians that don't understand string gauges and tension setups on guitars. Uh, and that that just that's just the very beginning, yep. and then they don't use the right gear, so they don't they might not have the right like interface, whether they're using an amp or otherwise. Um, they're just using shit that they've read about online, yeah. you know, that old chestnut, uh, which doesn't necessarily apply to their specific set of circumstances. And the other point you've made there is the is the gent thing. So mad respect for animals as leaders, Meshuga, Periphery, but God Almighty, the yep. gent thing wasn't it just a plague yep. there for a period of time? It was like every band was trying to slip in some gentisms and uh where they they don't yeah. necessarily fit and a lot of that stuff when you see tosin abasi playing i think he's slapping the strings isn't he he's not actually playing them with a pick a lot of the time so it's a vastly different technique to just playing the guitar as you would a typical six string dinky jackson yeah 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 i i kind of missed a lot of the gent stuff it's never really been my bag so i've never i don't think i've ever really heard animals to be honest but um yeah, cause <laughs> I, I don't get a lot of time with any music, to be honest. Like, I, I'm, you know, in the studio seven days a week generally, and, you know, I'm, I'm not listening to a lot of music for fun outside of that. You know, I, in the morning when I walk the dogs, I'll listen to, you know, maybe half an hour of music, and that'll, that'll be my fuel for the entire day. <laughs> um, gotcha. So if I don't walk yeah. the dogs, I don't listen to any other 
<laughs> any other music than what I'm recording. So I've managed to stay pretty well isolated from almost everything that's happened in the outside world for about 15 years. Like I haven't even seen the news for that long. Um, so yeah, I, the, the gent and all the other subgenres that have come and gone in that time, like uh, I wouldn't know, man. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, it just oh, it happened. Go and and come like, back again. And, and, and then and, I, yeah. You know, you're not missing yeah. much. Yeah, but you know, I, I recorded a full <laughs> gen van. Yeah, I recorded a full gen van last like um, last month, I think. You know, down tuned to yeah, F. You know, like crazy low stuff, and I've never listened to anything like that. But you know, they they show me their references and what kind of sounds they're going for, and you know, we just work towards it. You know, I, I can't be across all genres. You know, the chord country with slide guitars and stuff like. Nice. I don't know anything about country. <laughs> put on a country album that you like the sound of and we'll work towards it you know like it's it's impossible for one person to be across all genres that's for sure absolutely especially if you're in a studio it's like yeah. you're working in a studio like that but you basically got to be all things to all people but it sounds like you're very open minded you're easy to communicate with clearly demonstrated per our conversation so, yeah you know but I mean how, how yeah. did you well the, the, the studio okay go ahead go yeah. how, how did you find your way as a professional as a someone who records bands and in a studio because it's to your point made earlier it's a very narrow path like you know what i'm saying most people end up giving up and going and working for uh, an insurance company or a car yard or some bullshit you know what i mean something meaningless yeah yeah, I, I like I said, I, I'd had some pretty a- average experiences recording with my own bands uh, with other people, and uh, yeah, so I, and I knew I wanted to do something music, so that was my my main driving force. And I knew that was kind of probably the only way that I was going to be able to make any money out of it. And um, I, I don't do well working for other people. Like I am not a nine to five. I, I'm very disciplined. I'm extremely disciplined with my work ethic. Yeah, neither do I. But I'm not a <laughs> get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I'm not a get up, go to a, a job, make some other person rich while I'm earning minimum wage kind of guy. If I'm going to be poor, I'm going to be poor on my on my terms. <laughs> and, Good on you. Know, you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've had I've had plenty of day jobs. Well, not plenty. I've had a few day jobs, um, normal day jobs, and I just I would never last more than a few months at, at any one of them because I just it's just not in me. Um, so yeah. I, <laughs> Doing a recording studio, you know, that does specialise in heavy music in Adelaide is not a stable way to make a living by any stretch. Like, you know, <laughs> bands aren't heaps reliable all the time with money and yeah. or bookings and stuff. Like, you know, the earlier days in the earlier days it was a nightmare getting money from people and just getting people to you know honour the bookings they'd made and stuff. But these days, because you know, I've been around for a fair while now, I don't I don't have any problems with that. And I, yeah, don't have to really advertise or promote it at all it just kind of ticks over which is awesome because <laughs> I, I, I can't though? be bothered with the whole social media oh, I, I yeah. can totally hear yeah, what you're well, saying yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't that the point though is that like like when you start out you've just got to expect to take a barrage of knocks because this is the thing mate. a lot of people think yeah, that they absolutely. can start out and they can apply their expertise straight away and the money's going to roll in and yeah. well Bob's your uncle or what have you you know you know insert cliche here yeah. but the point is, is that you stuck it yeah. out for a long enough period of time. You recognised early on that you couldn't work for other people, and I totally identify with that. Isn't it fucking awful turning up for some yeah. asshole in middle management <laughs> and, and making them feel good about their shit job yeah. in some corporation in the CBD of Adelaide or 
Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne or what have you, or Perth or anywhere. I mean, the point is, is that you're yeah. literally turning up to a cubicle and, you know, oh, you know, you didn't take your 15-minute fucking break on time. How about this? Go fuck yourself. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a shit job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The customers are going to get served by somebody else yeah. anyway. Like, and, and like, all these middle management yeah. types. Like, honestly, if there's one, if there's one uh, role that corporations can do away with, it is middle management. Because here's a tip. Every, every individual, every employee in a large corporation, so assuming the corporation is larger than sort of three, four, five thousand people, like your Commonwealth banks or your Telstra's or what have you, you know yep. what you're meant to do. If you don't do it, well, then three strikes yep. and you're out or something like that. I don't know. But having a middle manager in there to coach you in inverted commas, bullshit. Yeah. That stuff just does yeah. not work. It, it's yeah. all personality-based and it's all based on who you know and not what you know and... It's 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 fucking it's that sort of stuff is is career killing for people. The problem long term is I think, mate, you've been smart and you figured out the game early on. So you've you've learnt not to put your mortgage reliant your mortgage isn't reliant or your rent isn't reliant or your kids' school fees aren't reliant on these fucking jobs. Excuse my language, but but mate, I just talk to so many people who have have mild depression or they hate their lives or whatever, and a lot of it comes down to the fact that they feel stuck. And they feel stuck because they're working for corporations yeah. instead of doing what, what even I've done it, mate. I've stepped out of Telstra, and uh, I, I'm at Bond Uni. I'm in my last, literally my last four weeks now talking to you. My fifth, fifth yeah. last week, fourth last week, next week before I go out and start looking for a job as a journalist, hopefully within News Limited, because I'm doing my internship at the Gold Coast Bulletin. But people, mate, and I'm not, I'm not saying this yeah. about me. I'm talking in general terms. But people don't have the balls to do things like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, like what you've done or what I've yeah. done. People are people are like, oh well, you know, I need to fucking earn money. I need to pay off that Holden Commodore or that 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 um, Audi or what have you. Yeah. It's like, do you? Yeah, you don't. Ditch it. Start yeah, again. Don't buy shit you don't need. <laughs> yeah, buy shit you don't yeah. need. Stop. Yeah, stop hanging out with people that want to wear the latest threads and keeping up with the Joneses and lean into your creativity a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't buy into any of that at all, man. Like, fast grab shops, man. I'm not happy at all. Like. Consumerism and me aren't great friends, to be honest. Likewise. Yeah, about the only place I could go to is Bunnings to buy shit for building or buying plants or something. You know, it's about the only place I go. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. You know, when I when I do, I mean, like when you know, the, on the occasion that I've had to go to somewhere like Harbour Town, which is a big outlet thing here in Adelaide, it's just, it's insane, and it's just like people go there to spend all of their money, and it's just it, it just blows my mind. <laughs> they do, I, I we've got a harbour town here. Yeah. We've got the same thing yeah. here. Harbour yeah. towns in both yeah. places, Adelaide and Gold Coast, and people do the same thing. And I'm like, that's your yeah. day out, but buying shit from the Nike yeah. outlet store. Like, that's what I can't stand. Virtue signalling. So let me be clear here: Nike and all their Black Lives Mattering. Okay, all their shit is made in sweatshops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, and yeah. you buy from Harbour Town. Yeah. It's like, yeah, really. The irony of the whole cycle yeah. of it is just bullshit. And it's like, instead of just stepping out of it and going, you know what? See, again, and I'll make a broader point here when I say there's an extreme metal band for everybody out there. There's also a creative outlet, outlet out yeah. there for anybody. And a lot of that can turn into a career pursuit. But you've got to give yourself the time yeah. and, the, and, and the space to do that. If you don't do that, because I don't think we mature until we're in our 30s and 40s, mate. Our 20s, we're just, we don't have a goddamn yeah. clue. You know, like, I'm not saying yeah. I wasn't clueless no, in my 20s, but yeah. I recognised I was figuring things out. But a lot of people, they, they you yeah. know, 
they lock themselves into professional circumstances and then build a life around them when they're in their 20s and 30s and they're stuck and they're stuck and, and that kills yeah. their creativity and their wants to and that's that's why I think all these corporations like the Mercedes Benzes and those home building companies they yeah. prey on this shit they know that people are depressed yeah. and upset and what they do is they say their marketing effectively relies on great you've got all this money now because you're working really hard aren't you how about you buy this piece of shit you know and and like yeah. I'm not even having a dig at consumer <laughs> yeah and I'm not even having a dig at, at yeah. capitalism here like it's up to us capitalism is the only system that works okay but you've got to be smart yeah. it's like yeah. anything you Based can't apply on, yeah. dumb principles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, what you do with it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's good to have all these options, but, you know, yeah, you don't want to be locking yourself into commitments so, that, you know, you, you probably shouldn't have. <laughs> you know, I see that a lot, yeah, people get themselves stuck in situations. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, yeah, just try and avoid all of that kind of thing, absolutely. Yeah, freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, it's, yeah. it's been good to chat. And look, if you're comfortable with everything, I love chats like this because they're broad. We're talking about life, about music, about an album or an EP in your case, sorry. But if you're comfortable, I want to release this as it is yeah. because I think it's, it's very valuable for people to hear the breadth, the length and breadth of these sort of conversations. Yeah, no, I'm cool, man. Doesn't, doesn't bother me. Oh, if, you know, I don't say shit I don't mean generally. So. No, I can tell. <laughs> no, I'm not intentional. Yeah. No, you're no, you're, you're in control, brother. Yeah, I can no, hear you're in you're in control, and mate, you're bringing the medal to the people, which is helping people, mate. You've got to look at yourself as an essential service. You know what I mean? And I'm not just being facetious when I say that. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, without people like yourself, recording bands, being creative, and doing what you do, people have got to understand something. Okay, creatives are the great innovators. People might listen to your music, and they're inspired to do something which will bring great good to people, and that's just the utilitarian value. The individual value is, mate, there's great entertainment yeah. value in what you're doing, and which is which helps people, brings a serotonin yeah. boost. You know, I mean, this, this is my view on musicians yeah, well, and artists and, you know. Yeah, well, you know, basically, uh, what is the point of being human if you're not expressing yourself? You know, like, that that's the whole, you know, that's... We 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 are, we have that ability to express ourselves and yeah you see a lot of people wasting that and it's kind of freaked out but yeah I don't, I don't see point, any point in existing if you're not if you're not expressing something no, you know? no. Um, and yeah the way we're obviously doing it is through music but you know there's you know, you know phenomenal artists and, and you know creative uh, you know entities of any of any persuasion you know doing amazing stuff in, in their chosen fields you know and. You know, you, that's how you judge civilizations <laughs> by the art. I agree. Yes. That they, that they created. Yeah. Well, it's all that they leave behind, yeah. mate. It's actually all that they leave behind, from Egypt to Greece to Rome. Or oh, Rome, yeah. Rome. Well, Rome. Yeah. You could argue that Rome's structures that they built were a form of art or expression. You know, um, but in any civilization, yeah. mate, that doesn't create, they're doomed. It's as simple as that. They're doomed to history. Yeah. 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 And yeah, absolutely. We've got a short little life. We might as well, you know, try and leave some mark upon it, you know. Um, yeah, How, however insignificant it may be, you know. <laughs> Record, you know, a couple hundred bands from Adelaide, you know. I, well, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm doing something of worth still, you know, even though, you know, 
it might only be their grandkids that hear it, you know, I still feel like I'm doing something at least, you know. <laughs> well, your, yeah. your, your contribution, Andy, is not insignificant, yeah. let me assure you. You know, I mean, you're doing God's work, in my view, doing what you do and bringing the music to the people the way you are and keeping the faith and managing to eke out a life. Uh, where you can do that, mate. So congratulations and well done with everything, mate, because the world needs more people like you. Cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs> much appreciated. <laughs> so what, what I'll do from here, brother, is, um, as I say, I'll just edit. I'll, I don't do any, you know, there's no editing of the conversation. There's just an intro and outro, and I'll just join the two the two uh, conversations we've had together. You know, the two, you know, the phone dropped out, so yep, I just put awesome. them both together. Mate, and but if you're yeah, cool yeah. with it, I'll post it, yeah, and yeah. Um, once that's posted, mate, I'll send it through to you. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'll share it around all over the shop. And uh, yeah, thanks very much, man. Much appreciated. Likewise, mate. Well, look, any time you got a new release or anything like that, please. Um, you know, I know, I know, Dicey. You know, Dicey, and no doubt he'll hit me up when you guys are next got a, a release on. But uh, otherwise, mate, you know, just reach out to me anytime you got something new or interesting happening and you want to have a chat because you're a great conversation and uh, I believe in the work you're doing. So no worries. Cool. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> No worries, brother. All right. Have a great night, and uh, no doubt we'll chat sometime in the future. Yeah, I look forward to it. Likewise, mate. All right. Enjoy your weekend, too. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-list online. That means I'm Andrew Mackay-Smith, because I'm the only one who does this, let's face it. And you've been listening to my conversation with Andy Kite from South Australian Outfit, Descend to Acheron. Thanks for listening.